the monetization, I'll, I'll say it, was about $130,000, which was crazy. Because, I mean, in one month, in just January of 2022. And I actually got into a fight with Nastaly about this because that's where the, the recipe came to me of virality is that the... Are you ready? If you've ever been looking for a reason why your job today will help you land your dream role tomorrow, well, today we'll be talking about how our guests went from journalism and being on broadcast television with CNBC to now building his own dream social media business with over 1.6 million followers across all social media platforms. We'll be diving into a fascinating title game that you'll definitely want to take note of, how to be posting more than once a day and more. Hi there, I'm Robbie and you're watching or listening to The Lost Creator Podcast, a show where we interview some of the most unique and influential people in the content creation world in the hopes of inspiring you to escape the nine to five and live out your dreams. And joining me today, we have the ever elusive Lost LeBlanc. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for the yeah, invite. Wow, no, I feel no so honored. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and of course, we have the acclaimed journalist, a reporter for MTV News and CNBC, uh, the incredible Mr. Upton Saidi. Thank you back so much. Back in the day. Back, back in, in the day. During back in the my day. nine now, to five. Now, <laughs> but he escaped that darn nine now to five. Now you escaped that darn nine to yeah, five. There yeah. You go. No, but uh, yeah. thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you I'm doing? You feeling, We're you in feeling person, feeling which person. is really cool. Feels really nice to be back in Bali. Yeah. yeah. So it's awesome. It's a dream. Can I, uh, can I perhaps offer either of you guys a drink, maybe? Ooh. We, have, um, we have some whiskey, we've got some vodka, some beer, uh, soft drinks, water. Vodka? Uh, yeah, we've got vodka. Damn. We got a little bar. We got a little we'll see, let's see where the podcast goes bar. and then yeah, maybe yeah, we'll yeah. get some bar. Yeah, maybe some whiskey, I'll do a whiskey. later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, I'll have I'll take a whiskey. So I'll take a whiskey. Uh, as an Irishman. Yeah, yeah, you so, got it. Yeah. We'll pretend it it's not our second podcast and we didn't take whiskey in the last episode. We'll <laughs> no, that one, was, that one was last week, yeah. uh, Christian. Uh, but yeah, I'll take a whiskey. What, what can I offer you? Yeah, whiskey sounds whiskey? great. Yeah, it's honey whiskey. Ah, it sounds really nice. Smoother on the, on the esophagus. Okay. And I just ordered a coffee, so I'm ready. Okay, yeah. awesome. So uh, I think that's uh, that's three whiskeys coming up. Cheers. 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 <laughs> there we go. To some raw creator chats. Yeah. Let's absolutely. get it going. Let's do it. Open the floor, good, good sir. De absolutely. Defaults. Okay, so actually, um, Upton, I wanted to start off today by kind of quoting you on uh, one of your recent interviews that you did with NetInfluencer, where you basically said something in the veins of that it's a very exciting time to be a storyteller and a very exciting time to create stories. So I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, I think of myself as a storyteller and I think the medium has to, like happens to be video, social media platforms, YouTube, TikTok. And so, so that's where I'm telling stories. But if it was like, if that was not a thing right now, if it was like telling stories just as voiceover, I'd be doing that. If it was articles, writing articles or still writing blogs, like, you know, 2010, I would be doing that. So, but I think what's happened right now is that at the end of the day, like it's all about supply and demand, right? There's a, there's a relatively low amount of supply, especially on vertical format platforms like Instagram Reels and TikTok, which we'll get into later. Um, but there's huge demand, right? The demand from the viewers, but also the demand from uh, that's being pushed out by the platform. Interesting. You're saying there's low supply. Relatively, right? Like right. especially, yeah, actually I stand by that because because a lot of people, like think about it this way, like Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, you know, kind of came of age in, in content creation at a time of Facebook. Facebook, on Facebook, you're competing with your mom's, you know, photos of her morning waffles that she made, your aunt's like pumpkin patch that she posted, right? You're also competing against news publishers. Then all of a sudden TikTok came around and really blew up about two years ago. And you're only competing with people who have the audacity 
to like put themselves on camera, right? Mm-hmm. Some people can just get away with a voiceover or like a, a, you know the default narrator, but for the most part, it's people putting themselves on camera. So you're really like the supply and demand, especially in 2020, even 2021, and I would say even 2022 is still very, very high. Um, beneficial for creators on particularly TikTok, LinkedIn as well, but um, but even Reels, right? Like I think most businesses, mm-hmm. most people, I mean, we saw the backlash just recently about Instagram, right? Yeah. So many people are, are, are pissed that, yeah, why am I seeing random people and why am I yeah. only seeing video? Yeah. Yeah, it seems to me like there's a, there's a demand for quality and there's a shortage of that. There's a sh- I feel like there's a surplus of just like homogenistic, replaceable, identical content. And what I love so much about what you're doing is you are one of a kind. There's no other like Upton. You are creating content that will not be replaced because you're bringing like, you know, beautiful stories through your lens. And I really have to say I admire that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, and one thing we didn't touch on is like your background is journalism, mm-hmm. but you're now a creator and this is, you know, your, your, your story has brought you here. Tell us a little bit about, I know it's never fun to say, oh, I've done this and I've grown this, but tell me what have you been able to achieve on your different platforms? Yeah, sure. So I started out as, um, as MTV, as, as Robbie mentioned, I was kind of like a assistant at MTV news, kind of when MTV was just starting to like fade out. Of, uh, of popularity and um, but I saw my time at MTV as a as grad school mm-hmm. like I learned how to write I learned how to shoot I learned how to edit I learned how to you know tweet for from the MTV news account all of those things and uh, but at, it got to a point I remember one weekend I was on call because Justin Bieber there was rumors that he was gonna break up with Selena Gomez oh my god so my boss asked me he's like listen, <laughs> oh my god oh my, oh my god. god no yeah no way. He, he's like listen I need you by your phone all weekend yeah. you need to come into the office Interesting. If, if it happens and I remember really questioning my life. I'm like, you know, there's doctors. <laughs> doctors are on call. And I'm here I am like Wait, nervous all me, weekend if it's going to happen. If TMZ, there was rumors, right? So, so I really shower with your phone. Me. Yeah, exactly. Like no, no fun this weekend. And so I started to question my life. And I was like, how do I work for a real news organization? Like, you know, MTV News did some incredible things. But it, at the end of the day, it was pop culture. And I was much more into, you know, different types of content. So I applied to the, you know, NBC's, PBS's, CNN's of the world, got a job at CNBC. And CNBC, for those who don't know, is, you know, primarily business news, stock market, tech and startups. And I remember at first I wasn't into the offer that much. I was like, oh, you know, stock market and and all this stuff. But then I realized like this was around 2014. So this was the time that, you know, Airbnb, Uber, WeWork, like tech was becoming hotter than, than Wall Street. And it was a really exciting mm-hmm. time for startups and for tech. And so, so I said yes. I took the the job, mm-hmm. and I was a producer for a little while behind behind the camera, working on like live television news. And then there was an opportunity to move to Singapore. So, um, so I was living in New York at the time, and they said, "Why don't you move to Singapore? You can do live television, and you can help with digital." So I started to do the live television thing every day, like waking up at 6 a.m., suit and tie, hair and makeup, you know, all that, which I loved. Very fun. A lot of adrenaline on live television. Especially the makeup. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they said, um, listen, why don't you start us a YouTube channel? And I, I actually pushed back. I said, I did not move to Singapore from New York to start a YouTube channel. I could have done that anywhere. And my boss at the time, Canadian, and um, he was like, you know, I wouldn't discount the the future potential of YouTube. And that was just in 2016, which you could admittedly say was already, mm-hmm. you know, quite um, saturated potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I started doing it. I started making vlogs like 
for, as a CNBC reporter for uh, for YouTube. And so I went to Alibaba, Tencent, Huawei, Xiaomi, like some of China's biggest tech companies. I went to Bali a number of times. My first actual viral video was a day as a digital nomad. This was in 2017, and I went to I came to Chengdu first time to Chengdu, and I said, you know what? I want to see what it's like to be a digital nomad because this was a term barely anyone had heard of. And I, I did the story in a format that was kind of like they do in screenwriting, which was create a major dramatic question. And this ultimately is why we watch anything. This is why we watch any movie, because there's a major dramatic question. It's something like, is he going to get the girl? Is he going to come to terms with his disability? Is she going to save the world? You know, we have to watch till the end to know the answer to this. So so my question was, can I survive a day as a digital nomad? Which is kind of stupid, right? Like, it's not like I'm not going to like go running back to my office in Did Singapore. Did you make it? I, I I survived. Oh, okay, I survived. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I vlogged the whole thing. At the time, it was all on iPhone seven, and I, yep. I talked about the cost. You know, day pass at, at co working space, mm-hmm. twelve bucks. Avocado toast, six bucks. Things like that. Yep. And I remember we posted that on the CNBC channel on Facebook, and I think it got around ten million views, which was like by far, by wow. far our, our our biggest hit at the time. So that was the number one most viewed of the entire channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the wow. time, yeah, and. And it on, just sorry on which on which platform on CNBC on Facebook oh, on, on Facebook, Facebook CNBC yeah the CNBC channel on Facebook and and what was really interesting is they they would cut up our videos that we do like maybe four or five minutes on YouTube or Facebook and they would put them on television and so that you know a sixty second version would run yep. during commercial breaks shot on iPhone seven and so mm-hmm. so that made me realize you know, why are these videos that I'm shooting in selfie mode on iPhone 7 getting way more views than when I have a DSL, you know, a camera guy with a beautiful DSLR, perfect lighting and this and that. And it like a light bulb went off. I was like, people want to connect with a face. This is very relatable. Yeah. Right. So that's when I, I kind of became the guy at CNBC. You'd be like, can I can we leave the camera guy at the office and can I just do it myself? <laughs> yeah. and, and it was really interesting. Did you feel pushback at start where you're like, look, I don't need all the lights. I don't need all the makeup. And well, you, you took the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> look, it, it, it was a little counterintuitive. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't I wasn't fully convinced myself. I was like, this is weird. But yeah. when I tend to do this. And I remember once they gave me a camera guy and we, we were in Shanghai and I was like, listen, can you just get the B-roll? I'm going to do everything else. And he was like, and I'm like, I love you, but like, this is just going to be a better, a better product, I think. Sometimes it's hard for me. I'm like, I'm out shooting my travel videos and I'm like, hey, like, man, can you like whoever's with me at the time, can you get a, and then I'm like, no, just, just vlog it. Like, selfie don't, mode. don't just selfie mode it. People will like it better. So it's true. almost like this very it's kind of contrary to what feels right because you think the more effort the more production means the better but it's actually the opposite yeah nowadays yeah. especially yeah and I think I think the reason that is is if you ask anyone why did you first join Facebook YouTube or TikTok it's not to connect with a company it's not even to connect with a news network which I was working for at the time it's to connect with a face mm-hmm. you know so the more like personality and relatability you can bring in I think the better I'm curious to know though because obviously you'd worked with camera crews you were talking in front of a, more of a team, uh, was it easier for you kind of pulling out the camera and just talking to it by yourself or, oh, or do, I love you know, this question, I love this question because, because I get it a lot. It's like so many people I'm sure you see that are just like, oh, I feel nervous or I feel weird talking on camera, especially in public. And so for me that, that came actually, I, uh, Remember when we we were like all like religiously using Snapchat and then Instagram started stories. They're like, we're just going to kind of copy Snapchat. Mm-hmm. So I remember my views on Snapchat and I was just this was like a friend's account. Like I wasn't a creator or any of that. Right. I was just I remember my views on Snapchat went from like 100 to like 40 and then 30. And it became so ridiculously like silly that I just became really silly, like 
talk and I started talking on camera like about nothing right. about like what I'm having for breakfast. I would try funny accents. Yeah. And I remember I would look at views and, and it, the higher they were, the more I'd cringe. I'd be like, no, why are people watching this? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that became my like kind of training ground to, mm -hmm. to get comfortable on camera. And now I give people advice to do that with their close friends um, on Instagram. I tell people who are trying to become creators, just create a close friends tab, which a lot of people actually don't do mm -hmm. and add one or two people. It does not matter. And promise yourself that every day, every 24 hours, you yeah. are going to talk on camera about anything. And do a silly accent. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. then you can explore the range, you yeah. know, what you're comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Accent today keeps the doctor away. <laughs> and a whiskey too. So obviously as an advice there to help people with a bit of that camera confidence, I mean, on your website, you obviously want to help people communicate their message through proven techniques. What other techniques might you potentially be able to offer? Because I think obviously when people are starting out in content creation as well, one of the biggest fears they have is, is that first stage is getting the camera out and and talking to this like inanimate object and and it kind of becomes a, a fear a fear-based thing that kind of almost stops them from being able to create content in the first place or at least publish it yeah um, so i'd love to know from your your you know what's kind of some some nice tips and additional tips to, to obviously uh, creating an instagram's close friend yeah i would say I, I would say the other one i see a lot of early creators kind of struggle through is becoming addicted to those views, right? It's like we've all been there. We put our heart and soul into a project or a single video and we expect something and then it turns out, you know, a lot less than we expected. And I, I knew going in, so I just, you know, about two years ago, not even two years ago, I launched my own channels, October 2020. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, because I was leaving CNBC, right, where I could do a video for them and it could get 100, 200, you know, thousand views, half a million, million, whatever. And now I'm starting a YouTube channel with zero subscribers. Like the, like the only way I can really do this. And, you know, I actually had a call with like Nas Daily and Drew Binsky and t both of them were like, dude, I've seen your stuff for CNBC. Like, just do it on your own. And that their confidence gave me a huge boost because I'm like, mm -hmm. if these two are saying it at their, mm -hmm. you know, success, then I, mm -hmm. I got to at least try. Mm -hmm. But I knew my biggest challenge was going to be, okay, okay, what happens when I post a video and it gets 17 views on YouTube? Because I have zero subscribers, right? I didn't have much of my own audience. I had maybe 8,000 on Instagram and, and 1,000 on my CNBC Facebook page, which was turned over to me. So I said, okay, the only way I'm going to actually get over this barrier is if I commit to consistency. So I committed to doing on YouTube three videos per week, no matter what. And I was able to have mm -hmm. some savings. So I hired an editor and I told him, I was like, we're going to do three videos per week, no matter what. And uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we did, you know, like Christmas, New Year's, got COVID. And we still, you know, pumped out three. And 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 I, I said, after one year of doing three per week, then I can assess the numbers and say like, okay, am I onto something? Do I have something? Because I knew there were going to be so many days where I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like, right. should, I, should I still do this? Yeah. So every time that little like negative thought came into my head, it's like, okay, save that for at the end of the year. Just focus on your three videos for the week. I can totally relate to that. Yeah, it's so crucial just to set a goal. Because even if you can't hit it, like, Having that lofty goal, at least you know internally, you're like, I'm messing up right now. Mm. I shouldn't be watching TV. I shouldn't be out with friends. I should be focusing on that goal I've set for myself. Yeah, yeah, so true. And yeah. so when you posted three a day, or sorry, three a week, like, tell me about it. Was it like the first month was just total ghost town? Did you start seeing growth after six months? Like, when did you start to feel like, okay, there's something going on here? Oh, and what, sorry, and what length were these videos as well? They were about 
three to five minutes. Three to five. Okay, so like mid. Well, yeah, I say mid form, low form. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they, they were three to five minutes. Nothing, nothing crazy long. Um, I mean, it was challenging, but I think there was there was something that I believed in. I was I was getting fights into fights with people who, were, who would debate quality versus quantity, and everyone's like, no, yeah. both, you know. And it's like, okay, but if you have to pick one, <laughs> yeah. your first year should absolutely be quantity because mm-hmm. in the process you're going to get to quality. Yeah. And so a lot of them, you know, another thing like Zuckerberg used to say to all his employees is like, done is better than perfect. And I'm I'm a big believer in that, especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. because you know you just got to get get get. That's how you learn, right? That's how you grow yeah. is like just getting stuff out there. And the other thing that it allowed me to do is when videos did tank, I didn't dwell in it too much because I'm too busy creating the next one. Yeah. You know? It's Monday and now Wednesday another one comes out. <laughs> exactly like, move that. on. <laughs> it was Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday. But I think yeah, I think for me the big the big one for me was uh, I went to Lebanon and I did a documentary with uh, about their economic crisis and that mm-hmm. got I think 1.7 million views on my YouTube channel, which had about at the time maybe 20,000, 30,000 at most subs. Was this based around the explosion? Um, it wasn't based around the explosion, but kind of it, it that the explosion fed into everything happening there. Yeah. And so you know, I really spent a lot of time on it. I brought a camera guy there. We worked on it, you know, for a few weeks. We interviewed a lot of people, and it was something I was very you know proud of to kind of showcase the situation. Um, but then when the video you know resonated so well on YouTube and YouTube pushed it out, I think even though that was still within my first year as kind of a trial, trialing this new this new gig, that to me was like okay, like I'm on to something, you know. Mm-hmm. How are you liking the food scene here in Bali? Good. I love it. I mean, it's, uh, it's just like, I love the freshness. I love the options. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You've been here for how long now? So before pandemic, I would come on and off like a month here, a month there. And then uh, I just got back uh, last week since the pandemic. So do you see yourself staying for a while or? I see, you know, I think where, where I'm at with my content right now, it's like 70% of the time I'm going to new countries and exploring new things. Right now I have a backlog of footage that I need to edit so I'm kind of hunkering down here to, to, to work on that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great base. I don't want to film too much because, you yep. know, you're, you're, you're doing an amazing job on the on the Bali content. And there's a lot of, you know, content about Bali. So I kind of just see it as a really nice base. Yeah, and, Robbie, uh, we'll I send see. Robbie out whenever there's a competitor in the neighborhood. <laughs> Robbie's broken a few legs. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's in my bow yeah. and arrow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Smart. Yeah. Sort people out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Abton, one, one question is also I wanted to, to kind of uh, ask you about as well is because your content especially now that you're kind of taking out you're, you're doing it yourself you're doing it with your iphone at the time obviously iphone 7 i'm assuming you've upgraded since um but uh your content has this kind of uh still journalistic feel to it right uh, but it's it's kind of this docu vlog vlogumentary style and i think that's kind of it's very unique it's there's something very kind of special um about it but um how do you come about finding those specific stories because your your content is very much around uh, finance or tech or cultures so mm-hmm. how do you go about finding those particular stories that you want to tell and on a cross-platform basis because you're obviously spread out through quite a few of them how do you find the way to best repurpose them or create content for them specifically yeah, great question. So so I guess the first thing you mentioned was kind of that journalistic take. So I'm not somebody in my videos where you'll see me have a strong opinion. I might slant a certain way or I, you know, I might kind of bring in elements to of an angle that maybe are a little less conservative, but I won't have an opinion. And I actually got into a fight with Nas Daily about this because mm. he was giving me feedback and he's like, "Your videos are good, but you need to you need to tell us like 
why it's good or why it's bad, not just tell us what's happening. Hmm. And I, it was like so hard for me as a journalist for CNBC because any time I filed an article or did a report, you have an editor there saying, okay, but what about the other side? You know, and you get, you get it in your head long enough that you always need to balance both sides of, of a story. And so... Um, so that's the first thing. It's like I want to I want to keep that. And I think, you know, I, I want to let people decide in the comments if it's good or bad. You know, one of the biggest things I cover is China and and it's kind of growing influence and, and China tech and how like their 5G technology is really advanced, but it's banned in the US and Europe because they're afraid people are going to spy. Right. And so I've done a lot of videos on that and like just let them hash it out in the comments, you know, and I, I'm here to enjoy yeah. both sides, really, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and, and one of my biggest I, almost compliments as a journalist video creator is is seeing this and this happens all the time people will say on the same exact video you're so pro-china it's it's disgusting to me and then in the same video someone's saying this is so biased toward the u.s i can't believe how american you are and i'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay you know and it makes me feel really good that like okay literally i'm not biased <laughs> if people are thinking of me on both sides but yeah but yeah and then and then um how do i come up with ideas a lot of times it's kind of like it's just kind of like re either seeing stuff, you know, like trends that I see in the news over time and then going there. Um, or the best stories really come from from just like once I'm there talking to locals, you know, like being there for a few days, talking to your Airbnb host. Whatever. I've seen you do that. You go out to the middle of nowhere in a suburb. No one would ever know. Even locals would probably not know by name. And there you are chatting with, you know, the people that just live in the neighborhood doing their day to day. It's a very cool way. And I'm wondering, I think maybe even bouncing off of what Robbie already asked, like, how do you figure out when when that person's going to have a truly interesting story? Or do you just strike up a hundred conversations and there's that one little like golden nugget in there. Yeah, it's a good question. So <laughs> I was in Iceland like a week ago, two weeks ago, and uh, with my family and we needed a heater. So the Airbnb host came and brought a heater and we just started talking to him and he ended up like I ended up asking him about why is the internet so fast in Iceland? It's one of the fastest in the world. He's like, oh, we have a deal with China's Huawei. And, and I was like, well, aren't you guys concerned about these reports that China can spy on you through Huawei? And he goes, yeah, we were, but then we all found out that the U.S. is spying on European leaders. So we realized, like, yeah. <laughs> and so, Spied on by someone anyways. Yeah, and I was filming, like, the all, in vertical on my iPhone. I was just filming him. And, you know, I told him I'm a YouTuber and this and that. And then I, mm -hmm. I pieced it together um, for TikTok. And so TikTok, it's like a 45 second video. And it starts with me on camera saying, you know, this is one of the most rural countries in the world, but it has some of the most fastest internet in the world, right? Yep. So kind of creating that contrast from the beginning, mm -hmm. a little bit of a tease because I haven't revealed that it's Iceland. So you need to watch just a little bit. Yeah. And then I bring in his interview. And then, you know, this is a, a really like well-spoken guy, farmer, you know, and he's talking about China and geopolitics and technology. And so for, for Facebook or for TikTok, that was about 45 seconds. For Facebook, because Facebook will push out a video that's three minutes or more, I added two minutes of just like kind of updating people on the situation of Huawei and the sanctions and all that. So he's not in that. And then I put that on on Facebook and on TikTok, that video has like close to a million views. Just so it's all from yeah. the heater, needing the heater and, you know, striking up a conversation with the, the Airbnb host. So I find your best stories are really from just like talking to people. You and, can't plan that. Yeah, you really you just can't. Gotta, just gotta go it, there. Is it your personality type? Like you're just, are you naturally extroverted? Yeah, or are you just definitely. like a learned thing where you're just like, 
that next person could be the next story. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm too, th I'm naturally extroverted and I'm naturally curious too. Like, um, okay. even if I didn't have a camera, I'd be like the guy on the, in the Uber ride in a new country, yeah. like talking for two hours or oh, asking questions ideally, but yeah. yeah. That's cool. I think every creator needs to figure out how they play into their own strengths. That's true. That's yeah. I, I yeah. wouldn't say I've been naturally an extroverted person. Mm. I think for me, it was more like I, I was always like my my incentive to post was like to be heard. I wanted mm. to feel like I was more than the mediocrity that I felt I was early on in life. Mm. And for me, like that was a s escape. So it's, it's interesting when you always discover like how somebody became successful. And, and for you, like you're now successful on not just one platform, but I mean your main platform and then your next, like how does it, how do you rank in terms of following with what you've got going on? So Facebook and TikTok have been my biggest. I would say my growth on those have been almost 10 times that of YouTube. Uh, so even though YouTube is highly you know, important, I find, and I think any, I'm guessing most creators would say this, that it is the hardest to grow on. And again, I think it almost goes back to that supply and demand. You know, not a lot of creators, even I was at Vid, uh, VidCon in Abu Dhabi in December, and not a lot of creators are talking about Facebook, um, especially now, but even last, you know, especially even last year. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that was an opportunity, right? It that is by far the least popular, like <laughs> nobody talks about being on Facebook, but the people I know are incredibly successful on it. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It, I think it's like you, you said, supply and demand. You're in the right place. Mm. And even TikTok, now you're posting, if I'm not mistaken, you're po or at least for, uh, as of recently, you're posting three times a day. Yeah, three times a day, yeah. Three times. Yeah, Tom, Tom, I mean, like, because obviously, I mean, you mentioned it before where it's like, it's not about being perfect. This is just about getting it out. Yeah, I want right? to give an example. As a storyteller, I think it's the best. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, a lot of times, like, how the heck do you post three times a day? And you know, I told them some of your best TikToks, if not your best TikToks, are going to be filmed like an Instagram story, mm -hmm. not like a formal, you know, YouTube video. And, uh, you know, one example, I was in Istanbul um, last year during like a lot of COVID lockdowns. And I remember it was a Saturday. I know you're a, you're a big fan of Istanbul. I was walking around on a Saturday and uh, I was like the only one on the streets. And this is because Turks at the time could not leave their house on weekends, but but yes. tourists could. And, you know, as an American, this was just crazy, right? Yeah, like you yeah. Would Can you imagine telling that to an American? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that your tourists have more rights than you. Yeah. So I just, I got out my phone and I just talked for 45 seconds and I posted it on, on TikTok and it got a few million views. And I think it's because, mm. you know, everyone's shocked by that and or has an opinion about that. Yeah. But, but so when I say three a day, some of them are as simple as like a quick Instagram it's story. It's almost like a tweet, but in video form. Exactly. Exactly. You're kind of the same way you would just type a quick tweet to mm. get out a thought. You're yeah. just saying it in a video. Interesting. And like there was no edit. That no. was just like literal selfie mode. Yeah. You talking. You know, there might have been like two, three jump cuts. Right. So yeah. but even that it's like you're filming. I think Simple I was filming it cuts. in the TikTok app. So it's just like record, stop, record, stop. Maybe That's really interesting. Captions. I think a lot of people can take something from that. It's just like post <laughs> posting yeah. is like if, if anyone could simplify every single tip in the dictionary of being a creator, it's like just post the damn video. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what? it just reminded me, I told my editor that I first hired October 2020. I said, I said, in six months, we should look back and be embarrassed about what yeah. we've done because we're so like, we've grown so much, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a weird thing to think about for as a creator, or especially to tell your your uh, your editor. Yeah. But I said, that's a sign that we're getting better, you know, so it's okay yeah. to cringe later. It's a sign you're growing, you know, it's a great thing. And so we just had an awesome chat with Aegon, which by the way, I think it's going to be posted before this, it's going to be linked, you got to go check that out after. Uh, but ultimately, he was telling us like, in terms of ad rates, Facebook's been great. TikTok, not so great. 
So have you been able to monetize TikTok? Yeah, I have um, because I'm U.S. citizen. So I'm able to be, you know, in the creator uh, program or creator fund, as it's called. Um, is Are you? Is it Canadian? Like, or to be honest, I haven't even clicked on the button. Really? Like, do you want to be like <laughs> yeah. join our creator? Fund? Like, I haven't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Might be worth yeah. clicking on it. I well, I remember, I remember there connected. were a lot of rumors yeah. that like if you're in the creator fund, your views will tank because now they're paying you for your views and mm. no one really knows. But yeah, so I do. I can. I can bring in about, um, you know, nothing significant. It's like, like I'll just, I'll just say the numbers. I mean, I'm doing about twenty to thirty million views on TikTok a month. And that equates to about $500 a month from TikTok. So no one's going to, you know, make a living off of TikTok or, or get mm -hmm. rich from TikTok. Yeah. I, I find more revenue is to be had through partnerships, which First I'll of all, do congrats. maybe. Those are huge numbers. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think most most partnerships um, can pay better bills through yes. uh, through TikTok. So, yeah. But with your partnerships, then, is that like, because $500, that's peanuts. You're right. literally getting nothing for what kind of traffic that is. In YouTube terms, just so you guys know, I mean, that'd be that'd be about 70 grand yeah. For, yeah. for the average CPM. So. Yeah. Um, so just to give you $70,000, yeah. compare that to 500, that gives you a total understanding of like what the creator ecosystem can be on a view basis. Now, of course, not all, not all views are equal, but with the brands that are coming in, are you seeing more of that? financial benefit for TikTok growth and TikTok views? A little bit. I mean, it's still, to be honest, my in terms of my revenue for platform, it would be number one is Facebook by far. Number two would be YouTube. Uh, strictly through you know monetization, I've never done a partnership or collab on YouTube. And then the third, even with you know those 20 to 30 million views, even Creator Fund Plus partnerships would still be third. So um, you know, rates are, are not that high, I find, on TikTok. So hmm. they're easy to shoot. Um, you yep. got to work with the brand and stuff. But but yeah. Interesting. So Facebook versus TikTok. Which one are you bigger on? Uh, Facebook. And yeah. Facebook, is is that paying bills? Yeah, Facebook can, can pay up quite well. Um, on Facebook, that my page is doing about 40 million. So I think in January, um, I, I reached 90 million. Wow. Yeah, 90 yeah. million views in, in January. Dude. And uh, the monetization, I'll, I'll say it, Business Insider actually did an article on this, was about $130,000 from the Facebook page, which is crazy. Because, in a I month. mean, in one month, in just January of 2022. Congrats. Thank you. I mean, but it's, it's crazy that I'm even saying that because I want mm -hmm. you to know that three months earlier, I think I made about $1,000 on the Facebook page. So, right. like, I reached this for whatever reason. I had a few good videos. I went to Iraq and stuff. Yeah. And the page just, like, took off like crazy. I, I couldn't believe those numbers. I mean, you know, that was way more Yo, than Zach, I was Yo, Zach, I'm, I'm calling you after this. If you're watching <laughs> this, I'm super down. <laughs> what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> I, I had Dylan sending I gotta me get on uh, Facebook. links to your videos saying, look how many views we're getting. Yeah, uh, which really? was, I mean, it was obviously very, very cool to see. I think yeah, after getting yeah. my 18th request from Auntie Carolyn uh, to join Farmville, I just kind of lost interest. <laughs> but I'm coming back, Zuck. Uh, open arms. Let's do this thing. All right. <laughs> and in terms of um, your, your editing as well, because obviously, like obviously you've mentioned, you, you've got uh, editors that you work with. But um, I, I know that you actually have a very interesting process when it comes to editing, uh, which is obviously kind of going through like the transcribing process. And this can even mm. be for like a really long form uh, piece of content. So would you be willing to share with uh, with anyone who's kind of interested in learning about the editing process, especially for your no. style of content, <laughs> uh, what that process is? Yeah, sure. I think I think given my background with like a news organization, I learned these like it was funny. I'm doing a partnership uh, for a Snapchat show and I sent I just sent a Google Drive and a spreadsheet of like videos that I can send to the, the, the studio that's 
putting together the Snapchat is this show. The, is this the luxury? Yeah, it's yeah, called Luxury Living. Luxury it launched living. a couple months ago on Snapchat. And I remember the 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 uh, the agency that's doing the recuts of the videos was, were like, wow, this is great. This is so organized. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like thank you. But it's just, I'm like, what, what are other people sending you? Like on WhatsApp, they're sending yeah, yeah. you the raw footage. But um, but yeah, so I think my, my editors too are kind of like, whoa, this is crazy. But it's very simple. I mean, so basically what I do is I'll go to the field. Like I went to, um, I don't know, what's a country we re- we rented? Brazil, yeah. So we go to Brazil. We shoot like maybe with my with my camera guy. We shoot like four videos, and it's funny. So every time we interview someone, we ask them about like two to four things. So while I was in Brazil, I wanted to know. I wanted to do why is Brazil the most expensive country for Apple products? I wanted to do why are there so many Lebanese in Brazil? More Lebanese in Brazil than in Lebanon. I wanted to do something about why is Lebanon, uh, why is Brazil not a superpower because it's it's what, it has all the the uh, things that make it a, that mm-hmm. you would think would be so but it's not yeah. so so a mix of stories and so every time I interviewed someone from my barber to um, a random woman on the street to someone at McDonald's I literally met someone at McDonald's he's like where are you guys from and we just we interviewed him for forty five minutes at McDonald's and so I'll ask him about three or four different questions mm-hmm. and kind of use them as much as I can um, to to get their opinion on different topics. And then, so we'll have all this footage. We'll have an admin essentially transcribe every word, you know, through apps. They don't have to manually type anymore, obviously. They'll they'll just transcribe uh, all the footage. And then I'll have this document that's maybe like just a Google Doc, mm-hmm. 40, 50 sheets. And then I'll go through and just not read it, but I just skim through it, highlight. 40, the 50 best. sheets, by the way. Yeah. 40, 50 yeah. sheets of just... Just quick skim. Just, yeah. just, just three yeah. days later. A book. Here's yeah, a book. Just a book, a novel. <laughs> and then I'll just highlight the best sound bites, and then I'll cut the sound bites into that that script for yeah. the documentary and then I'll write some voiceover around it wow, and so not even listening stand-up. just reading yeah. it depends like if I have time and stuff I'll listen but a lot of times workflow. it's just reading so that's it's essentially like a like a paper edit like you you, you create yes. the edit as a word a worded document yeah, and then that goes out to your editors to be able to actually piece that exactly. And uh, yeah, yeah, it'll usually include the time code, so they're not left in the the sea of wow. movies. But yeah, <laughs> sorry, what do you use for transcription? What software? We use an app called Otter, and it's basically um, it's basically you like just O-T-T-E-R? hit record. Yeah, okay. you just hit record, and she hits play, and it just transcribes every word in real time. But there's easier, what do you pay you know, for it? Oh, I think it's like five ten bucks a month. It's just an app, you hmm. know. Yeah. All right. You also That's told me that. Um, that uh, on this uh, this interview I've read read before that uh, for you the the kind of the recipe for virality is yeah. the blend of the familiar with the unfamiliar. Yeah, absolutely. I was I just about to ask. That's really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I found. Could so you this... elaborate, elaborate a little bit on this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, how f- do you pick your titles? Like that's it's what you just said. Or is like those those topics would not have come to my mind. Mm. Oh, which what the topics I talked about? Like. Yeah, Brazil. Least, or why Apple is so expensive in Brazil? Like, yeah, that you must have some sort of formula. Like Robbie was kind of getting onto. Like, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, exactly. So, so because my my content is about tech, economics, money, I'll go to a country, and I never do like anything related too much to travel. It's more about the economy. Like, why is this? Like, I was in Luxembourg, which I knew nothing about Luxembourg a month ago, mm-hmm. and then I just did a little research and found like Microsoft and Amazon put their headquarters in Luxembourg essentially to avoid taxes it's a it's a fraction of what they would pay if they're based in london or paris and this is a tiny country it's smaller than every u.s state you know 600,000 population so i go there and i and i you know initially my title was going to be why is luxembourg um so rich because it's also one of the richest countries next to qatar 
And I'm like, you know what? Like people are not that familiar with Luxembourg. I probably wouldn't click on the word Luxembourg. So instead I made it, um, why is Amazon's HQ in this tiny country? A little bit of a tease. I saw that video. Did you? Well, I didn't actually, I saw the header and I was like, I was busy, so I didn't click really? on it, but sorry. But <laughs> no, it was, the, the title caught me. I was like, wow. Hmm. Yeah, so, so I've been playing with titles a bit more uh, to make it, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want clickbait for sure. I also don't want to be too much of a tease because I know the algorithms hate that, but I, I want to make it exciting. And sometimes I'm like, ooh, I probably wouldn't care about Luxembourg because I don't know that I should care, you know? So just kind of, I've been working on titles and then to your point about the familiar versus unfamiliar. So I kind of realized that actually at CNBC. So McDonald's opened a luxury restaurant in Hong Kong. They have quinoa, table service. They had um, like mood lighting, chargers on every table. Wow. And um, so I wore a tuxedo and I went and filmed it with my iPhone at the time, right when it opened in Hong Kong. And um, and it got, I think, 5 million views on YouTube, which was crazy, especially even for our channel. Um, and I Shop realized... Vertical. No, this was all shot horizontal. Yeah. This was like a yeah, true YouTube format. But I, I realized it's like that's where the, the recipe came to me of people. Virality is at the the center of familiar and unfamiliar. So everyone is familiar with McDonald's in the world, arguably. Mm -hmm. But no one is familiar with a luxury McDonald's. Um, another video that did crazy well for us was uh, Singapore Airport, 27 million views on Facebook. Everyone's familiar with an airport, especially us in the West. We're familiar with it being stressful, annoying, expensive, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not used to it having like a luxury waterfall and, you know. Pool, a cinema, that kind of a thing. A cinema, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those things. Wow. So so I think, um, and, and there was one more I want to say. It's like Amazon. Amazon's opening a bunch of stores where you just swipe in through an app and then you pick up like your granola bar. They even have a partnership with Starbucks in New York. You pick up like a cake pop and you walk right out. No cashier. And those have performed very well as well because... Because again, everyone's familiar with the shopping experience, but most of us, almost no one's familiar with just walking out without paying, right? Whoa. But but there was one time where I did a, I did a, I stayed in um or I had a companion robot in Japan in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And this is this robot has no utility other than to be your friend and say, like, hello, konnichiwa as you wake up and talk to you and I mean and and that video actually flopped because I think it was too too weird for people you know there's not enough familiarity everyone has a friend but like the idea of a robot being your friend was like kind of too either creepy or just strange yeah. that people couldn't relate to it yeah. so honestly if there's one piece of gold in this chat that is fascinating it's mm -hmm. just your titles are so strong and and I think that's one thing that really stumps people you know they they have an idea of what's a good video but how to market it is easily the hardest part I agree and it, it especially can, thumbnails you can take a great video and if you don't have the thumbnail or title it's like it's dead in the water yeah so that's so really true. really strong advice unfamiliarity with familiarity mixed together equals bam $130,000 on Gold. Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zuckerberg throws money at you. I, I think there's something interesting that you touched upon in terms of also like with, with going to Brazil that you had like four topics in mind that you wanted to shoot there. And that's kind of also like putting yourself very much in like with a, with a producer's cap on and to say, mm -hmm. you know, the most expensive part about traveling is the actual traveling process as well. So I might as well take advantage and make the most amount of content that I can find whilst I'm here and be exactly. as effective with my time um, as possible. So uh, obviously kudos for obviously keeping that mentality as you go through because it then does allow you to keep traveling. It does kind of finance that that ability to 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 be able to travel and make content that makes you happy. You know so. exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like how much you know content can I get out of this this trip to make it worth the? Because it's also like gambling. 
polling, you know, I mean, even those Facebook numbers are crazy, but I would say it's kind of like 80-20 rule where 80% of the revenue probably comes from 20% of the videos, you know? Mm -hmm. So so that's a gamble, right? Let's say three of those four videos on Facebook did not, you know, pay, like did bring in profit given the expenses and all. So you just got to, you almost, you know, need that one to, to lift the others. So what I love about YouTube is the evergreen content. So mm -hmm. if I put together, uh, let's say a travel guide, if I say, here's how to travel Bali, and that video accumulates 100,000 views every month, it's it's like a guaranteed paycheck for the next, who knows, five, seven, 10 years. Are you getting any of that on TikTok or Facebook? Like, do you have any content that really has a long shelf life, or is it pretty quick to die off? TikTok is quite quick to die off, especially because the monetization is in general, you know, not super strong. Um, but on Facebook, it's definitely not as the shelf life is not quite as good as um, as YouTube, but it's it's somewhere in between, you know, so mm -hmm. like I might have a video I posted in February that made, you know, that got an extra 500,000 or 300,000 views in July. Um, so, so it happens in Facebook for sure, hmm. which is nice because it becomes passive income, right? Yeah. Like I think in the month of July, I only posted maybe eight new videos for the month of Facebook as opposed to maybe 20 on average, um, per month. And I still, you know, the monetization was slightly lower, but not a whole lot lower. So, and how are people finding old videos on Facebook? Is it search? Like, are, are, is there a search bar on YouTube the same way there is, uh, I know Facebook has been trying to, I just saw <clears throat> Facebook for the first time create like custom URLs where in instead of it like being a number it's like you know probably to try and get more google search yeah um to its video player i think yeah a lot of people go to the facebook watch tab and it's it's usually just i think uh in your algorithm i don't think search is a big part of my traffic on facebook i'm gonna get scoliosis sitting like this <laughs> <laughs> um also you, you just uh, spoke about passive income and if i'm not mistaken you also own like a separate production team or house no that, that kind of does branded or like videos for brands. Is yeah, that absolutely. So, you know, so when I left CNBC, it was kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, if assuming at best I can start to monetize YouTube and Facebook after a year, like, how am I going to make money? So I did a uh, PR like public relations. And just because that's what journalists do when they leave journalism is they go work in PR. So I had a couple clients that I would, you know, got them on the Today Show and Good Morning America and things like that. Um, but it was absolutely not like, a passion of mine but you know it helped to sustain my ability to travel um, but then what I realized from a lot of these clients that I was working for is that there's they're willing to spend all this money to try and get featured in Wall Street Journal or Business Insider or CN, CNN um, but now more than ever they can tell their own stories right it's not like you're gonna get a ton of exposure from being featured in these platforms anymore because there's so much as we know like mm -hmm. there's so much consumption of content everywhere not just from news platforms yep. so i'm finding a lot of companies are shifting gears and put placing more of their money into their own content creation mm -hmm. and what does that look like in 2022 we all know it looks like video yep. so what what we do is i started an agency in dubai earlier this year and what we do is we create sh um, short format but also youtube videos for for companies so one of our clients based in the US they're a unicorn and they were writing 30 blog posts a month for uh, for their website but they had no video so what we do is we do about a dozen videos for them that they can embed in the blog post they also throw them on YouTube used for email marketing and so forth but then our biggest growth has been TikTok um, so a lot of our clients now are actually B2C brands and our biggest competitor is actually an in-house employee they're like, look, we have a budget to hire someone in-house to create content for us. Instead, we're going to come to you because you can give us, you know, a variety of faces 
and run our TikTok account, and then we'll upload those videos for them to use as reels and shorts. Um, so ultimately increasing their brand awareness. Could you give me an example of that? Like when you say you're working B2C, creating content for a client, like, so what, they're selling sandals and you're shooting their sandals on the road or, or how does that work? So basically imagine, uh, imagine a company like a rental platform that's kind of like Airbnb, but for digital nomads. So you can't stay for two or three days. You have to stay for like between two weeks and uh, six months. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is a company that needs to increase awareness to, to get people to sign up and use their platform. How do they use TikTok? They come to us and what we do is we actually find creators. Sometimes I'll be one of the creators. Sometimes we'll, you know, it. maybe I'm one of the three. So we usually okay. do three. Sometimes it's three creators um, or sometimes I'm one of the three. And then um, and then we'll, we'll do a variety of stuff. We'll do fun trends because you have to on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Things that have nothing to do with even mentioning the client's name. Hmm. Um, they're like just fun Duolingo. and random. Yeah, like Duolingo. Like it became famous for, for just being fun and silly, right? Um, so we'll do fun trends. We'll also do some content about the platform. Hey, here's a listing I just found for only a thousand dollars a month. You can stay in this apartment in Austin, Texas. Check out Lincoln Bio, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third is how do we just provide value to their target community? So people who want to work remote, people who are digital nomads, millennials, Gen Z, whoever that might be. Here, here are the top three states to live in as a digital nomad. Here's the best way to avoid paying, you know, heavy taxes on your income. You know, like things like that. Again, we yep. don't even mention the company name. We just provide value. So yeah. ultimately, like building them an audience. That's interesting. And I think a lot of brands at first, they think, oh, I need to have my name shouted out. I need to have my logo. Like, ha have you had difficulty pushing back on people when you have to tell them, no, that's not going to work on TikTok or whatever? I thought I would have more difficulty, but it seems maybe I'm lucky or, or people just get it. They're like, oh, OK. Like they, they know, I think because often they come mm -hmm. to me after they tried themselves. Right. They probably uh, okay. they probably tried 10 or 20 videos just to focus about their trying yeah. to sell someone. Yeah. And they get 43 views. Mm -hmm. So they're like, I don't get TikTok. Just please fix this. Do this. Yeah. And so so some of our clients actually they're, they're like, no, 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 it's fine. Just do more trends. And I'm like, okay, sweet, you know. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, take them while they're broken down so that you can have a little more freedom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so with that, like, okay, let's say you had to create a uh, TikTok about, you know, Austin, Texas. Does that mean you have uh, somebody in Austin, Texas making that video? Or are they in Dubai making that video? Yeah, so it, it, it depends, obviously, like, you know, who the client is. If they're Dubai-centric and they want Dubai users to use their platform, then we'll need three creators in Dubai. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, all our content has been shot like remotely i.e from wherever in the world you are mm -hmm. through green screen or yeah their own little couch setup so you don't even have to be in austin texas no, you can no. make it from wherever here's this wonderful studio. flat i stayed in <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the green screen glitches exactly yeah, yeah. i mean ideally ideally like you know we, we we could get to a point or if they have the budget to support that where it's like we right. send a creator live there for a week do a yep. tiktok but you know we're not there yet so, um yeah but, you know, like one of my dream clients, I'll just say it would be WeWork, right? Because I'm a mm -hmm. member of WeWork and and I posted a day in the life of, of WeWork. And so many people in the comments were like, wait, I didn't realize this company's around because of the documentary on, on Apple TV Plus and this and that. And then so I actually went to WeWork and I was like, look, like, like, why aren't we making fun content for, your, for you guys on TikTok and Reels? So we've we've had a conversation with them, but I think they'd be such an easy one because it's a naturally visual 
company that you can easily create like day in the life content about. Or maybe maybe we need to work together. We're opening up a guest house. Ah, yeah. yeah, we're yeah. we're opening Velocicreator Academy guest house just in Chamagi. So oh, it's wow. going to be a uh, 16 person capacity. And honestly, like in terms of marketing, we're not there yet. We're just like right now I'm focused on like we need bunk beds. We need the tables. Uh, yeah. And then the next is like, OK, we need a boss ass marketing strategy. So yeah. actually, by the time this episode cool. comes out, the guest house, it will be there. Should <laughs> should have opened. Yeah, for, check the link below. Come and stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's all about building community. And I think brands brands want that and they're aware of that now. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. we're not going to get a sale through one TikTok video, but we can start to build our community. And especially something like that, you have such an, uh, uh, an amazing option of, of content because there's so much things to create, you know, it's like it's it's yeah, gold. I'm Very sure, interesting approach. I'm sure you get asked uh, this question a lot, but um, what are some of your future goals? Um, it's funny. One of my biggest, I'm going to turn that for a second. One of my biggest challenges has been, that was my next question. Oh, okay. Can we switch the questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just cause it'll it. feed into goals. What, I what promise. Are, what are some of the biggest obstacles you've, <laughs> okay. you've, uh, you've faced? My biggest obstacle has been not getting wrapped up in data, which is really ironic to say, cause I actually majored in finance in, in college and uh, I, I'm a numbers guy. I do love numbers, but it can, I realized early on, it can be very easy to slip into this, like this, like volcano of, of just like, Oh, this got lower views than that. And this week I'm higher than that week, but last week and this and monetization. And so I kind of just made this decision to like, as long as I'm making enough, you know, getting enough views and making enough money to support a team and have a little, you know, leftover, then I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Um, because, because it can really suck the art, the art out of the creative process. Yeah. And, yeah, I think we all have to be, you know, careful of that. Um, so, so thus, because that's been my biggest challenge is is trying to like ignore numbers, to an extent. Obviously, I do use them to give feedback and decide what you know. Oh, yeah, this country does perform well. Maybe I'll take another trip or whatever. Um, but because I'm very acutely aware of that, I can't get too lost in the numbers. My goal is honestly like, you know, if you, you might ask, even say you don't want to do that, <laughs> get lost. <laughs> Yeah, no, my goal is, is, is to, um, is to not, is to, is to just like, you know, keep having fun. Like there's some tourism boards that would be a dream to work with, you know, like, you know, to just get access and obviously the, the support to, to be able to film throughout the country. Like Japan is one of them. I think it'd be so cool to work with them. Um, but even if I don't work with them, I can go there and have more creative freedom, you know? So, so I don't know, like I would, the old me would be like, oh, okay, well, I'm at 1.6 million followers. My goal is 2 million, you know, but like now I'm at a point where it's like, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just making sure that I continue to like love and enjoy the process, not burn out and like mm -hmm. have fun and make the internet a little less dumb. So if your goals were completely separated from your personal identity, your enjoyment, your everything that you love, would you be going all in on the agency side or all in on the personal brand? Which one do you think is like the profit driver or the, the most impact that you could have? Uh, the brand, you know, definitely the brand. Personal I, side. Yeah, yeah, because I love I love storytelling. Like I got asked the question actually at a conference. They're like, how do you make three, you know, TikToks a day, these many YouTubes? She's like, don't you burn out? And I thought about it and I answered. I was like, you know, when I am a little bit stressed or anxious, I'll mm -hmm. actually open Premiere Pro. 
and and edit like a recent video because I love like for me that's my flow state. It's still like knock on wood. Hopefully, it what do you do, Robbie? <laughs> I well by the sounds of it, I might as well just be like self uh, flagellating and I just whipping myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, no, I I love storytelling and I love, you know, back to your your quote at the beginning of quoting me, it was like, you know, it's the most exciting time in the world to be a content creator. And that's because like, you know, like we were a 10 person team at CNBC, right? The, the reason I had the confidence to do what I did was seeing people like Nas Daly and Drubinsky, you know, backpackers essentially traveling the world mm-hmm. and creating empires, empires and uh, faster than what we could do as this massive company with global reach and global brand awareness. Right. So I think I think um, I love it. I love telling stories and I want to get lost in, in, you know, more stories. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. How how big is your team now? Maybe you already said this, but we have about five, five of us. Um, okay, yes. Yep. Some part time and some full time. And with that, you're posting every day. Yeah. So, well, well, YouTube is now down to about one to two a week. Mm-hmm. Facebook is about you know every other day, mm-hmm. and then TikTok is three a day. Three a day. So naturally, 2021 and 2022 for me has been all about team building. And I'm very fascinated by how different people run their teams. But for most people here who are watching, you guys are probably not yet in that boat. And one of the things you often hear as creators is like, post on every platform. You never know what's going to happen. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that's easy to say. But what happens when you only have eight hours in a day or 12 hours in a day where you're able to work? So if you were to go back in time and you were that one man band, or maybe even when you were that one man band, like how do you prioritize a platform and which one would you be choosing these days? I would, I think everyone is able to post on, you know, I just met a girl in the airport um, and she, she's like, I'm a YouTuber. And I'm like, that's so cool. Are you doing TikTok? And she's like, mm. and I'm like, dude. And then I saw her YouTube channel is really good. She goes up to people on the street and asks them like what they're wearing, where they got their fashion sense from. Like, oh, that's perfect it, for TikTok. Yeah, it was, it was, and she, she built about 33 K subs on YouTube in about a year like pretty good for YouTube, you know, not bad. And like, I I watched a clip and this woman's like, you know, $4,000 handbag, shoes on Amazon, $7, you know? And I'm like, I was like, wait, this isn't TikTok. I'm watching this on YouTube. And it just blew my mind that this girl is not using TikTok. And I think all all she needs to do is take that video, 12 minutes, Mm -hmm. and pick, you know, her three favorite characters of the vlog and make them a TikTok, you know? Vertical format, obviously, you know, make make it native to the platform and under a minute and then see what happens, you know? So I think... At minimum, every creator should be splicing and dicing their content. Maybe not Facebook. Maybe, you know, it, I, I will say Facebook has a specific audience. So maybe they should focus on YouTube and let's just call them, you know, vertical videos because that's shorts, reels, and TikTok. Um, but, uh, but Facebook Facebook is horizontal for you? So Facebook, I do square, actually. Square. I do square, yeah. Because you kind of, there's still a number of people using desktop and mobile, so I do square yep. to kind of get catch both. But, um, but but ideally, every even beginning creator comes to a, a point where when they're in the field filming something, they're thinking about like, ooh, this would be really good for TikTok, you know? Um, and sometimes I'll do that. Like, I'll film a whole video horizontally, mm-hmm. and then just the cold, like just my hook for a TikTok, I'll just get yep. out my phone and do here's seven things, da 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 da, you know, just knowing that that's going to be the TikTok open. But I think if mm. people are overwhelmed, they should just think about it in terms of long form and short vertical form. That's it. Yeah. That way they don't get too overwhelmed. I think naturally a thing that gets in the way from, let's say, being multi-platform is like, oh, but I'm I'm shooting tomorrow and then I'm shooting the next. It's like maybe it'd be better to drop a shooting day mm-hmm. and instead use an editing day to splice and then repurpose content. Because I think that's like almost like a better way to make full use of what has already been created, especially as like a travel vlogger. 
Like there's thousands of dollars invested in every piece of content and I better take my own advice and start doing it better because right now we're not really. But, you know, ultimately, we, I think we have to think less about the shooting and more maybe about the repurposing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what you said. Just take uh, take an extra day to to edit it and um, and splice it, splice it as much. And and even I wouldn't say repost the same video, but there's there's videos where you're like, wait, this kind of should have done well. Be honest, be objective with yourself and be like, ooh, that was a really boring cold you know, cook. My hook was, what's up guys? Today I'm in Guatemala. And it's like, no, that's not a hook. It needs to start mm -hmm. with, you know, your best, your best line, your best shot. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm sure you've been to Blue Lagoon. No, in, uh, in Belize. In Iceland? No, Iceland. Oh, the... no, neither. Oh, really? No. Iceland. Well, it's the one where you put like a face mask and you're in the mountains and the water. And, other. and I, I just posted yesterday and it was like, I was like, yeah, that's, that's the opening shot. It was me with the yeah. green juice and a, like a face mask in the middle of, and I'm like, that's the hook, right? It's yeah. just like, how could you not be curious? Like, what the heck is this? You know? Yeah. So people need to think about that, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. do, do you think there's a bit of a limit though, um, in terms of, you know, especially when it comes to the type of content that you're doing, because arguably what works well on Instagram reels can do well on TikTok, but maybe it doesn't translate the other way around. Again, very dependent on the type of content that you're doing. You know, YouTube shorts is slightly different, but if you're doing something that's long form, the, the example you gave of the girl mm -hmm. at the airport, I think it sounds great for like YouTube and TikTok, but mm -hmm. then maybe does it not work so well for Instagram reels, for example? It's it's hard to say. I would say I would say the only difference I would I've observed in my experience thus far is that Instagram, if you shoot anything in the field, I think it's good enough for TikTok reels and shorts because you, you invested effort and you're filming something. If you're lying on your couch talking about something, even if it's really interesting, in my experience, reels will not push that out, but TikTok will. Yeah. So TikTok really rewards this level of unpolished, rough-like authenticity mm -hmm. to, your, to you. Um, but, but reels still tends to prefer something a bit more polished in my experience. I don't you know. You know what I've seen that. that's kind of funny is I've, uh, a lot of people leaning into that unpolished look intentionally hold that laugh. They're like, hi guys, like almost like a little <laughs> like low budget reporter. Right. Yeah. And then I've even seen people lean into it even further where they're holding like inanimate objects. They're holding like the back end of like an auxiliary cable and they're like, Hey guys. And like, you know, it's it works. Yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. I literally just bought a lav mic for that damn reason. I'm like, it's, it's such an untraining process for me. Cause like yeah. 2015 is when I started by 2016, I started watching people like, uh, you know, Ben Brown, Fun for Louie, mm -hmm. and I was like a broke backpacker, so I was like, oh, A7S, whatever it was, A7-1 at the time, you know, like, uh -huh. it was like the dream camera. And then eventually I got that camera, and I started learning slow motion, cinematics, different lenses. My backpack was 80 pounds with drones that were like, you know, they didn't fold back in the day, back in my day. And um, <laughs> literally, like, it was funny, because everything that was like 2017 2018 youtube was like all right let's just go the opposite way now it's like let's unwind and let's everything go back learned. to the basics and it, it's interesting like we might see a time where it goes so extremely this way that You're we eventually go back super eight to cinematics and, yeah or maybe but, maybe no, super but eight. you do because you see that in like other stuff like yeah. retro things like now artists release vinyls now there's even yeah, like that thing of true. like releasing a cassette tape like that's kind of like cool to be doing that and and it's this like return to what people like this like retro thing and mm -hmm. and obviously now it's kind of kind of peeling into content as well where it's what what was working well at some time now now you're just kind of seeing it kind of it's like almost like a cycle. Yeah, totally. cycles and... and I think the pandemic it was either interestingly timed or, or or only accelerated that because it made people realize like I just wanna 
you know, I, I've, I've told brands this that, that we've worked with. It's like people just want like authenticity. They just want to see you as you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more authentic you, authentic. it's funny, my first brand deal on TikTok, they were like, we want to give you $1,600 to promote our platform. And I was like, oh my God, like $1,600. You know, this was like, I was so new into TikTok and I was like, this is crazy. And I remember I, I literally went on my bed with with that mic and I like filmed it on my iPhone like this talking and I'm like I feel so bad because they're giving me money to do this but I'm mm-hmm. like but this is what's going to work if I do lighting and DSLR and yeah. this full studio it's just no one it's swipe right away so eventually eventually we'll be filming the podcast on a GoPro <laughs> yeah <laughs> while walking to our coffee which by the way we have we've asked them before GoPro if you are watching if you're listening please we'll we'll do it <laughs> so yes um upton uh i have something that i've prepared uh for you but actually obviously christian i want you to take part in this as well which is i know that when you travel uh with uh, some of your colleagues that uh, one of the games you really like to play with them is a game of would you rather yes uh, is, am i am i correct in saying that you do <laughs> yes yes with, with correct but yes. i've kind of created a little bit more of like a creator version okay, uh, okay. one that's more sort of surrounding your content it. as well but i think it's applicable to to all so um so the first question that i have for you and obviously tell me about it tell me why would you rather only be able to pay in Bitcoin or only be able to pay in cash? In which country? I'm allowed one follow-up question. Uh, no. What do you mean? No. <laughs> I don't get a follow-up Just question. He makes the rules. Yeah, I right? make the rules. <laughs> and I say... Ooh, definitely cash. I mean, cash. yeah, but we're not where we thought we'd be with Bitcoin. So I think I'd be pretty screwed if I just said Bitcoin. But cash would be annoying too. <laughs> Cushion. I have to say cash, it's it, Bitcoin. Uh, we all hoped it'd move further faster, but it's not there yet. No. And it takes a couple of steps back and then takes a few more steps forward, a couple of steps back. No. Let's hope. Um, should you have a few videos on Bitcoin? That's Lots. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the question. It, it made me think, which is a good uh, would you rather. Yeah. And then you had a follow up <laughs> one. Um, now, this is obviously based more on your titles of your videos, but obviously I think if I'm not mistaken, you've visited both. So I think you'll be able to answer. But would you rather spend $100 in Paris or $100 uh, on Venice Beach in California? Ooh, Paris. 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 Simple. And that's just because I grew up like in on the West Coast, California. Yeah. It's not that exotic not to that me. Exotic. But but there's what yeah. about value for value for money? Even Venice, oh, Venice is so expensive. Yeah. It was crazy. It's terrible. Paris is it was very, awful. very expensive. I would honestly say I got I felt I felt less robbed in Paris than Venice. Agreed. Venice lately. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting, you know, like tipping cultures of I'm not sure Canada tips, right? At restaurants and stuff. You're just like uh but um there was there was these cafes where you order at the counter and then there was an automatic twenty percent tip. Oh my god! I and hate not even, that. First I hate yeah, that. Yeah, first the automatic is like whoa, and then it's at the counter. It's not even getting served your food. And of course, it's it's, yes, it's yeah. usually the people that suck the most too at their yes, service jobs. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're like, you, uh, you want to tip? Not incentivized. Here's my tip. That's, why, that's no. the whole point of the tip. I, I got one for you, Robbie. Do something. <laughs> Go ahead. Date, marry, kill. Okay. We got oh, a YouTuber, a TikToker, and an Instagrammer. Date. That's good. I think I'd marry the marry the YouTuber because I think you will have gotten to know them best. Sure. You got to spend a lifetime with That's them. That's fair. I like that. T- uh, date, date an Instagrammer. Yep. It's visual. I'm gonna get a good idea of what they look like. Yep. 
and kill a TikToker. They're they're pretty. That just annoying. seems fair. <laughs> yeah, that seems would about that, right. Would that be all rounded? Do you guys think? Would you would you be would you be agreed or would you? I would it? disagree. Actually, I would I would kill mm. probably the Instagrammer. I would date the YouTuber and I would marry the TikToker because they'd be the most like long term maybe. Long term. Yeah, long. Mean, yeah, he must have a different time. algorithm than us. When <laughs> yeah. I go on TikTok, I'm like, you know, that TikTok is a uh, short form, right? But long term, short like form long, for long term, term. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I will say TikTok gets a bad rap, but when you spend a bit more time on the platform, that algorithm is brutally smart. Oh, it's crazy, and it starts serving you stuff that you're like, this is interesting. Yeah, and it even knows how you change before you think you want to get a cat. It's like yeah. feeding you cat content. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're listening they're, they're, they're watching us literally and they're <laughs> tracking your your movements on your keypad like there's some crazy stuff when you realize what tiktok's doing on your phone but that's a topic for another yeah. day yeah um yeah up i just want to say obviously thank you so much for being here i want to give you an opportunity as well down the lens either one uh you can choose if there's anyone out there who's not watching you yet who's already watching you if you've got a message for them then feel free to share it now uh wait i didn't i missed that do you, do you know how to look can, <laughs> can your eyes go separate ways you could look at all three cameras at once. yeah ah. uh, but my message is to who a message to anyone who follows you who doesn't follow you oh. anyone you want to okay yeah for? my message is because it's a creator podcast my message is to you who who is um motivated and excited i think the first thing is ask yourself you know why why you want to be a content creator if it's to be a digital nomad there's a lot of easy ways to be a digital nomad right i think you can work as an accountant or freelancer so make sure that you want to be creator for the right reasons that you love storytelling that you love to i, I love what christian said like use it as a platform to be heard you know like go really intuitively and in, in within yourself because your why is going to be so important on the the, the hard days and then the second one is commit to consistency. Just write it down what you are committing to. So it has to be how often you will post on what platform for what duration. Maybe it's like, you know what, I'm gonna post three TikToks a week until the end of the year. That's good enough, but make sure that you commit to that and you never miss that no matter what. Mm -hmm. Nice. Love that. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here thank with us. Guys. I really, really so, appreciate it. Thank you so really much fun. for a very valuable conversation. Christian, obviously, um, both of you, everyone. Uh, this was a blast. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. Um, and if you're at home, have a drink with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cheers. Take we, should, care, guys. we should start inviting you guys to drink with us. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, unless like you're, you know, trying to cut that out of your life. Then, of course, we respect <laughs> your boundaries. Grab a Dasani water. Well, actually, that's bad for the environment. Sparkling just, water. Just grab sparkling some sparkling water. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right, take care. Thank you so right. much. Thank we you. should we should think of like a little outro for this, like three, two, one, create. <laughs> Get out there and do some cool things, or like you know, like. Get yeah. lost. God, yeah. that's cheesy. Get lost.